0: Lord, you've told us that greater love has no man than this, that one lay his life down for his friends. And we thank you and honour all those that have done just that for us as Canadians. And we thank you for those who are serving today to protect us and our our freedoms and liberties. Lord, we thank you especially that that is exactly what you did in going to the cross for us, and laying your life down to free us from uh, from sin that uh, entraps us and making it possible for us to, um, to be part of your family and forgiven. So we thank you too, Lord, and uh, thank you for giving us freedom today uh, in many different kinds of freedom so we just give you the honor and glory and thanks and uh, as well as our thanks to our uh, people, our men and women in this, uh, the military. So thank you, Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning.
1: Just gonna take a moment. We do this thing here called dry baptisms um, sorry, try, dry child dedications. We've got to get that one right. And, uh, and then we do this other thing called wet, by, uh, wet believers baptisms. And dedicating a child, we believe, we teach, we practice here. It acknowledges God's sovereignty, not only over the child, but also mom and dad. And Chris and Natalie Solomon and baby Andrew, where are you? Come on up. Come on down. All right. Family, can I get any family, friends? Um, no, not friends, because you are all put your hands up. But uh, family, uh, can you just put your hands up to let us? Yeah, so there's a few of them over there. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. How are you guys? All right, fantastic. I just want to ask you a couple questions. And one thing we've been, uh, we do here with Dedications is kind of, kind of put parents on the spot to make a couple vows, and you get to do that in front of all these witnesses, and then I'm going to get them, I'll put them on the spot as well. Does that sound okay? Great. Fantastic, all right. Um, first thing's this. Here's the challenge. It comes from Psalm 127, verse 3. Don't you see that children are God's best gift? This is an occasion today to celebrate and remember God's goodness. So, a couple questions for you guys. Do you, as parents of this child, recognize them as a gift of God entrusted to you? We do. All right. Do you give your child back to the Lord today, trusting him to fulfill his purposes in their life? We do. All right. Scripture challenges you as parents to teach your children about Jesus. Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9 says this really well. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength. These commandments I give you today, impress them on your hearts, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols around your hands, around your head, door frames of your houses and on your gates. With this in mind, will you guys, through your example, love prayer, discipline, instruction, and the strength of the Spirit of God, effectively communicate to your son the message of God's love, and, and at an early age, work with him, help him to understand, so that he may be, and will become, uh, um, and, and trust God to become his sin forgiver, and his, and his life giver. Will you do that?
2: We will.
1: All right. And you can't accomplish this task alone. You need the Holy Spirit and you also need a caring community of faith to assist you, to hold you accountable, to pray with you, to encourage you. Will you guys, by your example and your training up of your child, will you commit to being a part of a community of faith? All right. You've heard these guys respond to these vows, their commitment to grow their son up in the faith. Will you guys acknowledge that commitment today by standing with us? Can I take this precious little guy for a second if he'll let me? Alright. Hey man. Whoa. Wow, look at that. First child that's ever smiled in my arms. Alright. I got a verse for you. Is that okay? Can you commit this to memory already? Yep. Alright, here we go. My verse for you is this it's from psalm 37 4 and it says this delight yourself in the lord and he will give you the desires of your heart it's not too long is it you got that yes (laughs) he's thinking about it all right let's just pray right now god we pray for andrew we pray for chris and natalie and their family that you'll be their shepherd that they'll not be left in need. Lord, that they would lie down in your green pastures. May you lead them beside still waters, restore their souls. May you lead them in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. God, when they're in the valleys of of darkness, may they cling to you and may they know that there's nothing for them to fear because you're with them. May your rod and your staff comfort them. May you prepare a table for them and, uh, and, a, and a meal for them in, in the presence of their enemies. May you anoint their heads with oil. May their cups overflow and may goodness and mercy follow them all the days of their life and that you would dwell in their house as they rest, raise this precious boy. Amen. 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 And I got a couple things for you guys just to kind of help you on that journey. But one of the, just a great kid's Bible to be reading to them. And yeah, we just want to bless you guys. Thank you all for standing and commitment with them. And bless you guys as a family today. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. You may be seated.
3: So what a great day to worship God. Today we've, and this week we've remembered an incredible sacrifice that was made on our behalf by a generation past. as well as a new generation coming into the world. And what a great reason to bless God. So let's sing 10,000 reasons, because we've got at least two this morning.
2: lies before me let me be singing when the evening comes let's stand with us together bless the Lord oh my soul oh my soul worship his holy name sing like never before oh and so i worship your name You're rich in love and you're slow to anger Your name is great and your heart is kind For all your goodness I will keep on singing Ten thousand reasons for my heart to find. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh, oh my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul. I worship Your holy And on that day when my strength is failing, the end draws near and my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praise unending, 10,000 years and then forevermore. Bless the Lord. Bless the The Lord, Lord, oh oh my my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name. Sing Sing like never before, oh my my soul, soul. I'll worship your holy name, I'll I'll worship worship your holy name i worship your holy
3: name. Please be seated as the ushers come forward. <clears throat> and remember, if you happen to be here today visiting or because there happens to be a really cute baby at the front, um, feel free to let the offering plate pass you by. This is something that we do as, a, as an act of worship. God, we thank you again for the sacrifice and the courage that was made for us we thank you that so many willing people came forward to fight evil god we thank you that <clears throat> so many people were willing to leave their families their friends their their children their loved ones they were willing to leave health and wealth they were willing to leave comfort in favor of a cold dark, dangerous place. God, we thank you that their families allowed them to go. Um, God, we also want to remember the people who were fighting on the other side who were just doing their jobs. God, we are reminded that in these these moments In these moments, it's very hard to understand what is right and wrong. Good and evil becomes easy, but it's very easy to treat other people as evil when, um, when they find themselves following something that was passed down to them, God. So we just, we pray for those in conflict in the world right now that you would comfort them, you would bless them, um, and that you would bring peace. God, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you that you were willing to leave comfort, leave relationship, leave oneness, and you're willing to come down to this dark, cold, dangerous place. God, we thank you that you made a sacrifice for us for once and for all, and that we can rely on that, and we can rely on that to drive our lives on, because As you said, it is finished. God, in response to that, we we lift up our lives to you. We present ourselves and we sacrifice what we have to give back to the one who gave everything to us, God. And we want to present this to you now as, as our sacrifice, God. In Christ's name, amen.
2: saints and angels, they bow before your throne, and all the elders cast their crowns before the land of God
3: and sing. As the plates pass by, please stand with us. All the saints and
2: angels, they bow before your throne. And all the elders cast their crowns before the Lamb of God and sing, you are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Let's sing it again. You You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and and to you are all things, you deserve the glory. Is devoted
4: Like a ring of solid gold Like a vow that is tested Like a covenant of old Your love is enduring Through the winter rain And beyond the horizon With mercy for today Faithful you have been Faithful you will be.
0: You pledge
4: yourself to me, and it's why I sing your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips, your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips, your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips, your praise will. Ever be on my lips, ever be on my
2: lips.
4: You father the orphan, your kindness makes me whole. You shoulder our weakness. Your strength becomes our own You're making me like you Clothing me in white Making beauty from ashes For you will have your bride Free of all her guilt And rid of all her shame And known by her true name And it's why I sing your praise will Ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips, your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips, your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips, your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips,
2: and you will be praised. You will be praised. With With angels and saints we sing worthy. Are you, Lord? You will be praised. You will be praised. With angels and saints we sing worthy. Are you, Lord? And it's why I sing, Your praise will ever be on my lips.
3: desire
2: this is my desire to honor you Lord with all my heart I worship all I have within me I give you praise all that I adore is in you Lord I give you my heart give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm away, Lord, have your way. Is my My desire desire. to honor? Give You praise. All that I adore is in You, Lord. I give You my heart. I give You my soul. I live for you alone, every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord have your way in me, you are worthy of it all, you are worthy of it all. For from you are our face And to you are our face You deserve the glory You are worthy of it all You are worthy of it all You are worthy of it all all. For from you are our face And to you are a face, you deserve the glory.
3: In Israel, day and night, there was focus on the temple. All day long, from morning to evening, there was sacrifice. Animal after animal after animal, Sacrificed on the altar to atone for sins committed and to be committed. All day long, the smell of burning fat rose to the heavens as a pleasing aroma. An aroma of Israel's dedication and commitment to God. The fat wasn't the point. Mm-hmm. The point was a people who desired God's will above everything else.
4: And in Romans 11:35 to 12, 1, it says, Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And in Revelation Eight, three to four it says another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints and the golden altar before the throne the smoke of the incense together with the prayers of the Saints went up before God from the angels hand
2: Day and night, night and day, let incense rise. Day and night, night and day, let incense rise. Day and night, night and day, let incense rise. Day and night, night and day, let incense rise. Day and night, night and day, let incense rise. Rise day and night, night and day, let incense rise. Day and night, night and day, let incense rise. Day and night, night and day, let let incense rise. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all, for from you are all things, and to you are all things, you deserve the glory. Amen. Let's sing it again. You are worthy of it all, you are worthy of it all. For from you are all things And to you are all things You deserve the glory Just our voices You are worthy of it all You are worthy of it all For from you are all things and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, you creatures here below. Praise Him above you, heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost.
3: Please be seated.
1: Feel free to take your suit, shoes and socks off if you feel like it and relax. Put your feet up on the seat in front of you. Just you know, some of you just need to, like, take it down a notch. Wow. Man, so formal. Up tight. Yeah, thank you. All right. Here we go. I often... uh running, I shouldn't say often, every so often I run into some people who come into the office and it's happened over the last few years, decade of my life and they come into the office and they have no church background, uh, didn't grow up in the church, uh, don't have, not even sure if they're a Christian, never did any of the Stuff, but they'll show up and they'll say, I need to get my kid baptized. And no background, living life, completely separate living life. They're a complete, total way. Nothing to do with the church. Nothing. Um, But they either get married or don't, but they'll just show up. And they'll say, I gotta get my kid baptized, christened. And so my question always is, Why? What, why, why do you want to do that? You know, you, you, you know, and I ask those kind of questions. Why is this so important to you? And I've noticed, and this conversation's happened a lot in, in recent months, um, and even in recent years, is one thing I find about baptism is it's, it's really emotional issue for people. And often, that emotion is even attached to people who have, like, nothing to do with the church, everything else nothing emotional. but when you bring up that word baptism it's emotional and i thought it was a really important thing that we just take a little bit of time and talk about it because it raises a lot of questions so i thought we'd just open today i want to just pray and then we're just going to dive into the text and just hopefully answer a couple questions that may be burning on your heart so let's let's start with prayer god thank you god no matter our background No matter where we're coming from, no matter where we're coming at today, uh, may may we hear your words. May we experience your words. May we get excited, maybe for the first time, to hear what the scriptures have to speak and say. And may uh, our hearts, our ears, our minds all be softened to hearing. Um, Just lead us, God. May we be receptive to your spirit's leading in your precious name. Amen. All right. So take a little bit of time, I'm gonna talk about this whole idea of baptism. If you go to the, the scriptures, you go to the New Testament, you read about these people following Jesus, they do this thing called baptism. And, he, uh, and what they would do is they'd put their faith, their trust in Jesus, make Jesus their life leader, and then they would do this, this weird thing. And that wasn't even weird enough. Let me read this verse to you. It comes from Matthew 28, because it goes even deeper. Jesus then tells his followers, just before he's about to leave earth, ascend to heaven, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so we're like, yes, sir. And so for the next last 2,000 years, men and women throughout history have been baptizing people. But things began to happen over time, because it probably raises a lot of you from your backgrounds, um, what happens in most churches and in, 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 in most religious settings is baptism happens at the beginning of someone's life. Well, how did that happen? Where did that come from? Why do different denominations do it differently? Why is it done with infants? And as I sit with a lot of my friends who come from different backgrounds, we have all sorts of discussions about this stuff, and these are people who love God. These are people that are moral obedient these are people who are passionate about the Bible they have one and for a lot of them it's in their house but for a lot of people they've grown up in churches and in backgrounds where they were either not encouraged or told not to read this thing but they were encouraged and told to listen to their churches so a lot of us here and i know it for a fact and a lot of us around us in our neighborhoods and in our city come from backgrounds where our church's authority was the most important thing and i'm here to tell you today if you didn't know this our church believes that scripture is our authority okay so it's different a lot of us are growing up in church where this was not encouraged to read. People believe the Bible, they trust God, they believe in God, they believe in those things, but if, they were, had a, if you were to ask them, where do I find this verse in the Bible, they couldn't do it if their life depended on it, because that's not how they were trained, raised up in their church. That wasn't their environment. They were told to do what the church told them to do. I want to just take a tiny bit of time today, and I don't want you to get your backs twisted, or you know, your knickers in a knot, but I want to take just a little bit of time today and just talk to you about what does the Bible actually teach about baptism. So I thought it'd be a lot easier and maybe a little less antagonistic is let's get into the heart and the mind and in the body of a first century person because maybe that'll help us. Sandra, don't get upset that this is not authentic first century Night in Bethlehem gear. Um, but uh, we're gonna get in the minds of a first century person, uh, um, Greek background, let's say, with who's, ro- who's um, worshiping war- Roman gods. You decide, you know what? I'm a, gonna start a business up in Jerusalem. So you move to Jerusalem. Uh, you've grown up believing in gods like Zeus, and other gods lots of gods that's kind of your background but you kind of think it's kind of hokey even though you got a greek background but you really don't go to temple not really none of that you move to jerusalem you get your business going and you're surrounded by these people called jews and they're a bit strange and they believe actually only in one god but you're you know they're great people to deal with they're honest they got integrity you build relationships with them And before long, you hear more and more of they believe in one God who created the whole universe, created the heavens and the earth. And you're kind of intrigued by this. And you you look at these Jewish people, they're disciplined, they love their families, they love their God, they're passionate about life, they're passionate about people, even though the culture around them kind of hates them, even overtaxes them, is is cruel to them, they are dedicated men and women who who love families, discipline, and, and you become more and more intrigued by them. And you get to this point of, you know what, I think I could start to believe in this God thing this one God thing, and, and, and the more and more you, you begin become more intrigued with it, you know, I, I think I, I can even believe that Jewish people are the ones who lead us to God. So you sit down with some of these Jews one day, and you ask them, okay guys, I'm in. How do I become Jewish? And they're like, well, we don't know. But we know some people who do, so they take you to the temple. And they take you into what's called the Gentile court to some really smart people. And they go, this Gentile, this goyim wants to become Jewish. What's he gotta do? And he's like, okay, okay, you came to the right place. First thing is the hardest thing. (laughs) And I can tell by the people who's laughing who went to Sunday school and who didn't, but First thing, circumcision, okay? Watch a YouTube video if you're not sure what that, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yes. All right, hardest thing, and you're like, boy, you know what? Zeus sounds really good right about now, all right? Yeah, 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 okay. But testing if you're serious or not, that was probably the way to go. Second thing is, you gotta believe, trust, and obey the law those 613 commands in the Old Testament, the 10 commandments. And you're like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I can do that. Third thing, ceremonial meal. Hey, I love potlucks, I love food, sign me up. No problem there. Fourth thing is you gotta bring a sacrifice to the temple. Okay, yeah, I can do that. And then finally, the last thing. And maybe they wrote this down. I don't know. I don't know how, how prominent uh, papyrus or whatever is around. But it says you got to be baptized. Baptizo. And you're like, okay. So you, they hand you the list. And maybe they wrote this word down. Pretty common word back then. Baptizo. And it means to wash. Now here's the deal here. And this is why I'm doing this for you. This word, we really messed it up. And if you can't see that, we really messed it up because baptizo in Greek translated means to wash. But what we did is we didn't want to confuse it with the word wash because we wanted to separate it. We decided, our translators decided to make baptizo in English be baptism. Baptism. And you're like, who cares? Right? Let me show you an example why this is so helpful and important to understand. You're going to have to put your big boy pants on because we are going to get deep for a second, okay? So here we go. Luke chapter 11, verse 37 and 38. When Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him, so he went in and reclined at the table. But the Pharisee, noticing that Jesus did not first wash before the meal, was surprised. This is the only time, actually, let me show you something else. Let's look at it in the Greek. Just stay with me for a second. I know I'm, we're gonna get deep, deep here, but lower here, it says, hoide phariseis pros Prastan, e ibaptisthe proto-aristo. You're gonna have to take my word for it, but I really butchered that, but that is Greek. Here's what happened. This is the only place in the, in the Bible, and every English Bible does this, where we took that word that's highlighted down low, which is baptism, and we translated it to wash. Why did we do that? What does "ebapt or bap, "baptizo" mean? To wash? but it's the only time, every other time baptizo is used in the Bible, guess what we did? We put the word baptizo. We put the word baptism. But for this case, we actually put what it means. Why is that such a big deal? Well, because the word baptizo, it means to wash, but it created all sorts of confusion. We'll get there in a second. So, you're this guy in the first century, you're like, hey, this all sounds really good, these five things. You're like, hey guys, you know what, give me this list and I'll take it and I'll, I'll take it home with me. I'll go talk to my wife about it, you know, maybe I'll give this whole Jewish thing a thought. So you go and you look for your wife and you look for your family and people tell you, hey, they're down by the Jordan River. So so you go, you find them, and there's this big crowd around the Jordan River, and you look off to the side and there's this crazy-looking guy. He looks a lot like a youth pastor, and he's screaming at the top of his lungs. One person got that, that's good. Um, (laughs) Bless you. Screaming at the top of your lungs. He's coming! He's coming! Prepare the way the kingdom of God is coming. There's this guy coming whose sandals I'm not even worthy to untie. He's coming, prepare the way. And this crazy guy's sitting in the Jordan River, and you got people coming down into the water, and guess what he's doing with them? He's washing them. First time in recorded history that someone washed someone else. Jewish people, when it came to baptisms, when they tell you to go get baptized, all they meant was for you to go find a water cistern and wash yourself. First time recorded history. There's this guy, he's washing people. I don't know how they did it. Maybe they cannonballed in and maybe dunked them. I don't know. First time recorded history. So you ask, who is this guy? I mean, he's like wearing camel hair. He's kind of weird looking. His name's John, the washer. John the washer guy. And it's intriguing. He's like, hey, hey, there's this guy coming and prepare the ways. And then he's washing people. And then all of a sudden you're watching because there's this crowd and and these people are getting washed and and you recognize there's something symbolic here. They're not just having playtime in the bath. But something spiritual is going on. Something something amazing is going, these people are, By getting washed by him, they're associating themselves with this guy. They're saying, I agree with this guy. And so by getting washed, first time in court history, people getting washed by someone else, they're coming out and saying, I agree with what this guy's saying. I'm a part of this movement. I'm associating with this movement. And as you're watching the scene unfold, all of a sudden, like, there's like this hush in the crowd. And there's this other guy who comes down. And you're like, Who's that? and they're like it's his cousin it's Jesus and he like walks out into the water too and you overhear this conversation they're like arguing i'm not going to i'm i'm not going to let you wash me yes you are no, I'm not, I'm not gonna let you wash me. Yes, you are, and th- then they start playing rock, uh, rock, scissors, paper, and this whole fight no, that Anyhow, if you don't believe me, read the New Testament. See, it's a great book. You can read more about that story. But eventually, I, I, John beats Jesus, and no, I'm just kidding. But um, John w- washes Jesus. Jesus leaves. Guess what John keeps doing? Washing, he, he just, he's a washing machine. He just keeps washing people. He keeps going. Jesus goes off. Guess what he does? A bunch of people follow him. He goes to a river source and he gets all his followers to start washing people. There's like this washing clinics going on everywhere, this baptizing going on everywhere. And it's just happening all over the place. Amazing. Well, if you keep reading in the New Testament, the story goes on. John eventually gets arrested some of his followers some of his followers decide what he's doing is amazing they decide they're going to go national they kind of leave jerusalem they go off to other parts of the of of the nations and they keep doing the thing that john was doing they go around telling people prepare the way for one is coming and they baptize people jesus keeps doing his thing you can read about it in the new testament heals does does miracles incredible stuff eventually he's arrested, crucified on a cross, dies, comes back to life, he ascends into heaven. If you keep reading on in the New Testament, his followers, every one of them even after the fact, whoever places their faith in him, whoever trusts in him, what's the very next thing they do? They get washed right away. There's this one guy. He writes most of the New Testament. His name's Paul. He becomes a follower of Jesus. He gives his heart. his likes to make Jesus his life leader. What's the very next thing he does? I'm not trying to trick you. Gets washed. And we read later on about his story. He actually goes to a place called Ephesus, and he runs into some of John's former disciples, And they're still preaching this sermon, and Paul overhears his sermon. They're saying at the top of their lungs, one is coming, one is coming, who we we don't even have the right to untie his sandals. One who's coming, he's going to prepare the way for the kingdom of God. And after their sermon, Paul kind of comes up to them and says, hey guys, you kind of missed the memo. Let me get you caught up here. And he says this, Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Interesting. So, I know that's a lot of information I just dumped on you. Let's do a quick recap, especially if you've been asleep for a little bit. First thing's this what's baptism? baptism is simply a going public with a new association we make it into something it's not i think often baptism is simply a going public with a new association that's how the jewish people practiced it that's how john's followers practiced it that's how jesus followers practiced that how do i know this because the bible tells me so because we're a church that sees scripture as our authority. Uh, Secondly, uh, and and this is a good one, especially if you're on Bible Jeopardy one day, and you're playing for millions of dollars, and you get asked this question. Actually, I guess you'd be given, given the answer, but here's the question. Why did Jesus insist on John to baptize him? Great question. Why didn't John wanted Jesus to baptize him. Why did Jesus insist? Really easy. Well, actually it's not, you'd have to think about it. Je- Jesus was in the, that's good, that's good. Jesus was in the water by allowing John to baptize him. What was it saying to everyone else around him? What was Jesus saying? I agree with you. I agree with this man's movement. I am publicly aligning myself with John's message. Are we tracking? Good. That's why he insisted on it. All right. Uh, next one. Uh, I don't have it up there, but why do we use water? Why not like jello or something else when it comes to baptism? Why do we use water? Here at Richview, we we do immersion by water, and water, just like it was for the Jewish person, water was just this picture of I'm being washed with my Gentileness, or I'm being washed of my old self, and I'm entering into a new way of living. We do immersion here because we think it's a great, if not, well, it is the best picture of saying I've been washed, I'm dead to sin, and I've been raised to life in Christ. We just think water is a great picture done with the old self on with the new on with the new a couple other things Who should be baptized? Anyone old enough Anyone old enough to make a decision to publicly associate with Jesus Well, how old is that? Anyone old enough to make that public decision to associate with Jesus. Now here's the thing, and hear this from my heart, that does not mean that your infant baptism was not meaningful to your parents, because it was. We, but you noticed earlier here today, we just dedicated a baby, but there is more, but there is more parents this is more about parents dedicating their children and dedicating themselves to raising their children in a certain way. But if you go back to the New Testament and maybe back in your own life, how many of you, if you got, don't put your hands up, but if you got um, baptized a baby, remember the whole event. It's impossible for a baby to identify and associate with a movement on their own. And here's the thing, the tragedy of infant baptism is that it gives a false sense of security to the parents and to that child. And it tells them, oh, I'm fine, I'm good with God. And, my, and I would say to all of them and to all of us here today, what does the New Testament teach? What do the scriptures teach? And for a lot of us, it's like, why would, our te- my, why would my church have taught me that? And the best answer I can give to you today is go back to your church and ask them. Ask them why, why they taught that. And I can assure you that the answer will not come from a clear teaching of the scriptures. Last one here. I don't know if I put the question up here, but maybe I did. I put the picture up there, even better. Does baptism assure salvation? Does baptism get me to heaven? If anything, baptism and the teachings in Scripture it teaches the opposite. How do I know that? I'll give you a couple quick examples. First of all, Jesus got baptized. It's pretty clear he didn't get baptized for the forgiveness of his sins. It's not what he. But I think even a greater example, an example, one of my favorite illustrations, pictures in all of Scripture is Jesus is up on the cross, and there's a thief beside him. And the thief, the scriptures tell us, New Testament, read the Bible, great book if you haven't. Let me encourage it. Thief turns to Jesus, and he says, you're innocent. You've done nothing wrong. You're you're Messiah. And the thief says, I've I've screwed up. I've sinned. I've fallen short. And he turns to Jesus and says, remember me. And what does Jesus say? Sorry, buddy, you got to get baptized first. today you will be with me in paradise and this is one of the best pictures of what salvation is all about it's the essence of the Christian message in scripture that being better having your act together having to do all these things to get to God no what's it all about it's not about what you do Doing a bunch of stuff doesn't get you, and it's putting your faith and your trust and your hope in Jesus. That's what assures salvation. What does this all mean? Two things. First of all, if you haven't made Jesus your life leader, do that today. Put your trust in Jesus. Realize that you've fallen short. Nothing you can do, no matter how good you are, no matter how great you are, put your put your trust in Jesus. And the second thing, and I hope it's been really clear today, and the second thing is, if you have not been washed in this ceremonial, ritualistic way, whether it's here or in a bathtub or in a swimming pool, um, after putting your faith in Jesus, you need to be washed. You need to be dunked. You need to be cannonballed. You need to be dipped. You need to be immersed. You need to be sunk. And you need to do it in a public way enough that it's a declaration that you're a follower of Jesus. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's an act of obedience where you say, I'm going public and I want people to know that I'm in and I'm not ashamed of the fact, Jesus, that I'm a follower of yours. Two weeks, we're doing a baptism service. I'm letting you know about that in case you're thinking about this, you're processing this. So on December 4th, we're going to be cannonballing people in here, and it's going to be great. Uh, you can grab one of those cards out of the seat in front of you, or you can grab a packet at the info booth, and you can put a check mark on there and say, hey, I'm thinking about it. Can someone get a hold of me? And you can put it at the information booth. We'd love to see you take that next step. Can I pray with you? And in a moment, we're going to do the other thing that Churches have in common over the last two thousand years. Or we're going to remember Jesus through communion. Thank you, God. God, I know this is tough, emotional stuff for a lot of us, and there's a lot of baggage here. There's a lot of things we're coming in here, and maybe it just raises even more questions in some of our minds. But thank you, thank you for giving us the New Testament, which is clear on this stuff. Help us, and thank you for being in a place where our authority is you, your words, and help us to not only hear those words, but put them into action. Um, Help us to be the kind of place that we keep spurring one another on to being more like you, me, being more like followers of yours. And God, I pray for anyone here who hasn't made you their life leader, who hasn't put their trust in you, who hasn't just laid it all out and said, you know what, I've fallen short, I'm a sinner. And I, I I have not dealt with that stuff. I pray today, God, um, as we just say these words to you, that they would make these words the prayer of their heart. God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me so much. You came down as Jesus to live the life I should have lived, and for dying the death I should have died, and for taking all that junk and that garbage. Of ours on the cross. I now want to trust you with my whole life. It's all yours. I'm all in. Forgive me of my sins and begin a new life today. In your precious name.